Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Love Hour Podcast. I'm your host, Miss Kev on stage, and I'm joined by my husband and co-host. Me, Kev on stage. And we are back with another episode of the Love Hour. Did we go live last week? We did, right? Mm-hmm. Um, correct. We did. Okay, so we're almost toward the end of... This podcast, I have started the reach out for some guests through the end of the year. So that's very exciting. I'm going, before we do that, the very last episode before we go into the guests, I think I want to have like my emotional, like what this did for me kind of situation. It'll probably, you You want to be absent that day? I just, I, I just maybe want to be absent. It might be the Thanksgiving the last one before we go on Thanksgiving break, okay. because I think we're on break for Thanksgiving and then December we start essentially. So uh huh. So are you just doing three? Is it three? Four. Four. Uh huh. So actually, it may even be the one before that. Maybe the one before the one, Thanksgiving. Two, three, four, five. I think we have seven. Okay, I thought we had eight last week. There's two of the last. I, I need to look at the schedule, but I think I took the last two weeks off in the in December, at, okay. at least starting the 19th when we're gone. So there's three in December, three in November, because you're taking Thanksgiving off. Okay, so yeah, so yeah. No, so it was nine last week. Got it. All right, yeah. So I'll probably do that. Only eight. Yeah, chat. Where I will talk about just kind of what this journey has meant to me, and I think it actually will tie in very nicely with today's um, topic. Um, but before we go there, we're going to talk about the this week in the Fredericks, which nothing happened this week in the Fredericks. We didn't do it. We didn't do nothing. The away the, the stay at home crew didn't do nothing. But y'all went to the fair, what? huh? What y'all went to the fair? What'd you do at the fair, Kevin? Eating turkey legs and carrying on. I hope they was dry. They were terrible. Oh, never had a turkey leg as bad as turkey that. Turkey legs at the fair are the best. To, like, do you ever get turkey legs anywhere else except for a fair? Only Disneyland. Oh, and they're fire. You didn't like them? Oh. Yeah, they are small. The Texas State Fair turkey legs are just, I mean, they're Viking level. Well, you're also in Texas. Everything's bigger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they usually you have a place or two that has turkey legs. Oh, they're everywhere. In the State Fair of Texas, they had probably no no less than 10 vendors. Yeah, it's definitely like turkey legs. two, like one on this side and one on that right. side. We got the it. first one because I thought it would be like, oh, this is the turkey leg spot. No. They had like literally ten places with turkey legs. Oh, that sounds good. Not cheap. Well, no, turkey legs are low key. Yeah, that's about right for turkey leg prices. Seventeen dollars for one piece of bird. You are paying. Uh, what's the event pricing? You pay for that bird's whole life. Yeah, this is this one's yours. The other one's Joshua's. No, Josh has one. Oh, we all have cups. Yeah. Oh, that makes sense. I see one of us. That's yeah. what I thought. Okay, I got you. Um, the other thing I was going to say, just Disneyland really quick, because Joshua brought it up. Disneyland's popcorn. Very good. Second to none. I saw a, a TikTok that said that Disneyland in the candy store, uh-huh. they take the candy smell, uh, manufactured candy smell, and they blow it out of the bottom of the store mm. to entice people to come in and It'll buy. It'll work every time. Popcorn. It might be one of the top smells. Oh, it's so good. They do uh, all the, they, they, the TikTok was saying they do all their stuff. But candy, like the smell of chocolate, popcorn, to me, top five smells real quick. I know we're not talking about this. Chocolate chip cookies. 
chocolate chip cookies. Yes, because they're way better than oatmeal raisin. Oatmeal raisin are, are the superior cookie, but Absolutely chocolate not. chip cookies baking is If we're doing superior. pound for pound, you've already lost a pound. Why? Because you just said the smell of chocolate chip is superior. That doesn't mean that it tastes better. No, I said pound for pound. So we're including everything, not just taste. No. Yes. Oatmeal raisin cookies smell good, too. Just chocolate chip cookies have a stronger smell in the a baking. Better part. smell. Also, the you, were you never bake oatmeal raisin cookies, so now I don't even know. Oh, Where actually, the other day I was going to make some. Were you? Yes. <laughs> no. Wouldn't the, be surprised. But they wouldn't be oatmeal raisin. Gross. They would be oatmeal chocolate chip. Oh God! Fire. No. Yes. Don't do that. Yes. Don't you? Don't you desecrate only, oatmeal raisin by banging chocolate? The only thing worse than chocolate chip cookies is thinking it's an oatmeal raisin. It's oatmeal chocolate. Chip, excuse or me, but the chocolate is what makes the oatmeal cookie a great cookie to begin with. You oatmeal can't raisin just doesn't have, have chocolate. Oatmeal, this is the problem actually. An oatmeal raisin cookie isn't good by itself. It always got to add something to it. It is whether it be a itself. raisin or chocolate. Chocolate chip cookie ain't good by itself. Otherwise, it's just cookie. Tony Baker likes chocolate chip cookies without the chocolate chip. Because he's a weirdo. By the way, Josiah is my son, and I love him because we're the only people who like oatmeal raisin cookies, and he likes oat. Well, we all like eggnog. But he likes it a lot like I do. Oatmeal. Chocolate chip cookies are the number two cookie. Oatmeal cookies are Nutri-Grain bars. Oh, my God. Why you always say that? <laughs> I had an oatmeal raisin cookie yesterday on the you flight. You eat an oatmeal, ra- oatmeal cookie and feel like you just going to make you regular. Oh. <laughs> oatmeal raisin cookies are also routinely softer than chocolate chip. You don't get I no don't, hard. I don't know. What, I don't know. I don't know what you're saying. I'm saying the cookie is softer. I don't know. So I don't get what you're saying. The cookie is softer, is what I'm saying. I don't understand. Anyway, the I point the of baker. it was the smells. Okay, chocolate, chocolate chip, chip cookies, cookies, popcorn, coffee, fried chicken. What? <laughs> fried chicken is an amazing smell. I had never. Pretzels I think I, I take the pretzel smell. Pretzel smells cinnamon bun. Oh, cinnamon, cinnamon, cinnamon rolls. I would have loved to smell some a couple weeks ago, but we're past that now. I think a pretzel smell is better than a pretzel. It is. Pretzel smells are amazing. I, I don't know that I. I probably could go the rest of my so life without that bacon. Bacon was my last one. Bacon and coffee is. I mean, that's just. Bacon. Wait, and coochie why did, is the, why the number one smell. Why didn't fried chicken make your list? I don't really. I don't. I don't never really think about it. Doesn't, it doesn't reminisce you to. No. I don't it really doesn't remind to, you of, of three o'clock in the afternoon by these. Nope. From the foyer area. We're selling I know church what you're dinners. saying. It doesn't. I prefer fresh baked bread. The smell of fresh baked bread. bread. Fresh <laughs> baked. Oh, grilled onions do smell good. I, I hate the smell of grilled onions. It, it takes me back to a place in my life oh, I never okay, want to go Kev back to. Kev worked at the fair. I did work at the fair. And low-key, the Puyallup Fair is, is big, too. The Puyallup Fair The Texas fair is State big. Fair is big because they have a whole football stadium on the grounds. Oh. The whole Cotton Bowl is on the fairgrounds. Can fair we ground. discuss why it's still called the Cotton Bowl in 2021? <laughs> Josh said that exact I, same thing. We got a lot of is, things is we got rid of. Is cotton inherently racist? In the heart of Texas. For Texas cotton, yes. You can't disentangle. This is I the don't know thing. if cotton inherently we, is racist. We got rid of Aunt Jemima in 2020. We got rid of the <laughs> Kansas City Chiefs. 
No, no, no. The Redskins. The Redskins in 2020. We didn't get rid of the Cotton Bowl. The Cotton Bowl is 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 is. Cleveland Indians were getting rid of the Cotton Bowl. Is is named something else? Oh no, it's it's called the Goodyear Cotton Bowl. For the Goodyear blimp. Yeah. We got rid of a lot of stuff. Why we didn't get rid of the Cotton Bowl? That's all I want to know. Is cotton inherently racist? Someone said cotton will always be racist by default in the United by States. Default? Yes, in the United States of America, of America, and specifically if you are talking about any state in the South, racism. Yeah, there's no tobacco bowl. Oh, there's not. I mm-hmm. thought that was a thing. Actually, you can't do that. Nah, it's too much mm-hmm. regulations. <laughs> cotton. Uh, yeah, I'll give you that. Yes, sugar should be racist too. Sugar, 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 and rice. Sugar. There's a sugar bowl too, though. Cotton. There's a peach bowl. There's an orange bowl, isn't there? Mm-hmm. They're they're not really orange. known by that anymore, but there's a rose bowl. Come on, man, it's anti-flower. You stupid. <laughs> <laughs> stupid. Uh, sugar was a big crop yes. as well. Cotton, sugar, gotta go. You're never getting sugar out of here. You might get cotton out of here. Cotton got to go. You're not getting sugar out of here. Cotton got to go. This is cotton. Cotton got to go. Um, okay, anything else on... Oh, my God. So, we're doing our love and action. I didn't pull up the thing. Oh, my God, Melissa. That smells terrible. Okay, okay hold on. I'll do it right now. Oh, it smells like salt is in it. I was setting up my washout. Oh, Why oh, has got your computer dark? Because I don't have my UV glasses like uh, Joshua. Listen, every human being was born to create. Whether you picked up a paintbrush yesterday or in grade school, you can explore your creativity and be inspired. Skillshare is an online learning community that offers membership with meaning. With so much to explore, real projects to create, and the support of fellow creatives, Skillshare empowers you to accomplish growth. I've taken uh, photography classes on Skillshare. If you've seen any of my reels about cities on the tour, you can thank Skillshare for that. So I started off with uh, Instagram. I mean, I started off with photography, which helped my Instagram. But now I've been taking the Mastering Instagram Reels class. Okay, they've got a couple of Instagram Reels classes. And they even have a latest TikTok hacks to use the app like a pro. Listen, if you're going to compete with these young kids who are reels and TikTok professionals, you're going to have to master the classes. And you don't have a teenager in your house that edits like you and shows you how to work the app. Then you need to go to Skillshare. Listen, Instagram is prioritizing reels. If you're a creative and a lot of our audience it is, does. you got to know how to make it do what it do. And Skillshare going to make it do what it do so you can does what it does. Whether you're a dabbler or a pro, a hobbyist or a master, you're creative. Discover what you can make with classes for every skill level. Experience real improvement with hands-on projects and classes designed for real life. Skillshare is also incredibly affordable, especially when compared to pricey in-person classes and workshops. Annual subscription is less than $10 a month. Explore your creativity at Skillshare.com slash love hour. Love hour. And get one free month trial premium membership. That's one month of premium membership at Skillshare.com slash love hour. Love hour. And now I'm back to the show. I don't know why I like saying love hour that way. Um, okay, so we're going to do our love in action. We're continuing with our sodas. We have one more, which will be ranch. But today we have our buffalo <laughs> wing soda. Once again, I got these off of um, Amazon. I actually think Ugh. this is the link that Catherine sent me, if I'm not mistaken. So that's it. 
Um, we're going to describe the smell. Okay, so a f- okay, now I smell it stronger. Yeah. It's so much stronger in this than yeah, out of the soda can. I agree. When you smell it through... It's like diluted. When you smell it through here, it smells like orange soda. Even if you just like quickly do this motion, which is like wafting, I guess. Uh, it just kind of smells like orange soda. If the smell lingers, it smells like a very intense buffalo sauce. <laughs> yes, it does. So pungent. It's a little, it smells a little spicy too. It smells like seasoning. Yes. Like it has like the, Frank's red hot. It's almost, you know, when you salt. sniff pepper. Yes. And it kind of tickles your nose. That's exactly yes. like if they that is what it tastes orange like. soda. Very yes, good. Melissa is a glutton for punishment. Who said it? And Yetta. Hush, Ann. <laughs> oh, and Yetta's her whole first day. Okay, here we go. Y'all ready? Cheers to new experiences. I don't want to get heartburn. Right, we'll pass that, Liz. Ready? So Kale loves orange soda? Is it true? Okay, here we go. Hold on, hold on. I got sneeze. It smells peppery. <laughs> it's <coughs> it is. Are right, you ready? Are you gagging already? Yeah. It smells peppery. Okay, here we go. Do we have water? <laughs> oh, sorry. Oh, sorry, sorry. I feel like someone said we need a tracer. They're correct. Yeah, Kev did sneeze in the so I am Stalin. Sneezed in the what? Soda. Drink some drink. <laughs> drink some drink. <laughs> drink some drink, Liz. <laughs> Thank you, Joshua. Mm-mm. I'm going to do this like a margarita. Oh, you should. Okay, here we go. All right. Wait, are we only taking a sip or are we going to do a lot? No, we ain't doing a lot. You'll throw up. Okay, here we go. I'll throw up and pee. Okay, ready, set, go. The the taste is exactly how you smell it. Initially, it's orange (sighs) soda. It goes, there go my drink. And you drank it all. Drink some drink. As it, it did get flat, and it burns going down awful, as if it was peppered. Awful smell. I can never, I can never take like, I can never separate what I smell with what I drink. This tastes exactly how the smell was: orange, pepper, spicy. This was disgusting. Here, let me put it over here. All right. Don't screw that. I got to okay. um, make a phone call. Hello. All right, so this is what's going on. Today's topic is about how working with your spouse often sucks. <laughs> tell, uh, tell Greg to make that the title. That's the title, Greg. Greg. Working with, working your, spouse with your spouse often sucks. Often sucks. And we have experienced, we have experienced, experienced the suck of it. Into the suck of it. <laughs> Correct. The suck of it. So what's so Ugh. funny is that yesterday, uh, October 18th, I just hit my three-year entrepreneurial ship journey. Doesn't it feel like so much longer? 
Uh, does it? I was That's actually. You got laid off yesterday? The, yesterday. Oh, because we went to Italy right after yes. that. Yes. And my last day at my job was on the uh, August, I mean August, October 18th, 2000. We went 18, to Italy with you and have no job. 18, 19, 20, 21. So 18. And you got let go and we went to Italy the next day. Like a couple days later. So this is what's so interesting. In case you are new here, you don't know what's going on here. So three years ago, uh, this is actually a really years great. Ago, I didn't know you had male friends. What? Two years, three years ago, didn't know you had male friends. Wait a minute. Let me finish. Let me finish. I didn't know that's what the, the lyrics actually were because mm-hmm. I said something else. Um, so three years ago, well, actually, yeah, three years ago, but in January, uh, my corporate office came into our the facility I worked at. I worked in an aerospace, a small aerospace company, and everybody was all everybody knew, but like no one knew. Like I didn't know. I was one of the people that didn't know, but everyone else that had an idea like knew that this was it because there had been rumors going around for a year. I think I worked at. Uh, well, I can say it now because they don't exist no more. I worked at Duke's Aerospace. Sure did. Um, there was probably rumors going around that we were going to close probably from the time I started working there. Child, it was a long yeah, time. You did say that from yeah, Like very early on. It was Dunder Mifflin. Yes, it was. Down <laughs> It was like legit. There were rumors that they were going to close us for a while. So, uh, and they like, we were leasing this building and they were like, I don't think they renewed the lease. I don't think they renewed the lease. And I was like, I don't like whatever's going to happen, going to happen. So this happens like, like I said, in like January. So we were starting the tour that year mm-hmm. and, uh, it must have been right before the tour kicked off or somewhere around there because I was scheduled to go down to part-time work and uh, we were obviously going to do the first keep your, di- or not keep your distance, the first real community social media tour. And they come in and they were like, basically in uh, October, October 31st, this facility will be closing down and we are merging with, or merging you guys with like a product line with another facility in like a sister company Saber. in uh, Ohio. To be clear, they came in and said, because Melissa didn't quit, every, we have to close the whole job because God told Melissa to quit. And she tried to ride on that ship to Tarshish. And she's <laughs> supposed to go to Nineveh. So now everybody ain't got no job. And you guys can blame Melissa for her lack of listening to the Lord of hosts. Yes. And that's why y'all ain't got no jobs. Correct. Because Melissa didn't listen to the Lord of the Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost activate. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That was so funny. Also, it's two years ago. Didn't know you had male friends. Oh, two years ago. Got it. But anyway, continue your story how you cost some people their jobs because you didn't listen to the word of the Lord. So uh, from there, I worked basically part-time stressing myself the heck out because if you've ever worked in a company that you know is closing down and you have to like start that closing down process and get everything you know merged over and then the Ohio people came and worked with us for the for the whole time. It was like it was a lot. It was a lot. It was very stressful. Like it was a lot, honestly. So Didn't anyway, lose one of the employees. So they let go of people almost immediately through attrition. People quit, and then I was literally the last. I'm trying to make sure I'm not lying, but I'm pretty sure I was the last sales associate standing, contracts administrator standing. By the time I was let go, because by the time. Come October 18th, we were closing October 31st. All that was left was cleanup. And because we were going out of town, they let me go right before we went out of town. Otherwise, I would have stayed literally through the the last last day. day. Yeah. So anyway, um, but just as cleanup because all of our, like I said, our uh, customer base was over in Ohio by that point. So anyway, 
we uh close down whatever we go on you know we go to italy we have a great time and we think i'm thinking this is our first <laughs> look at us would you look look at us look who would have thought? thunk look at us look at us I really thought that this was like the beginning of like this beautiful <laughs> entrepreneurial relationship with my husband. And it was going to be this amazing, uh, amazing journey. And when I tell you. It hasn't been that list. You better surprise it. <laughs> it's been some of the most troubling time in our marriage of 17 years. Oh. has been since I left that job. I mean, we just went into it bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. Yeah. We're both even working at home. Oh, oh my oh. gosh. There's no way this isn't a bad Dream idea. Dream come true. This is fantastical. Wrong. Nightmare come true. It was the worst. And I just kind of want to dispel <laughs> the idea and not, like, romanticize the idea of working with your partner. I will say that we are, like, literally in the process of, like, turning that corner. If I mean, I would almost say the corner has, the corner has turned. Yeah. But it has been a journey. It has been difficult. Um, and part of the reason why is because you don't recognize how much you and your partner's lives differ. Yeah. And so it... So having it differ allows you, A, to have, I got heartburn. That soda? Every and you time. choose this, Liz. You Every choose time. this. We could eat a licorice. We could eat rat. But no. Um, how much your lives differ. And so it allows you to have conversations at home that are new to the both of you. Yes. Once you start working together and there's so much that happens between you that overlaps, it can cause uh, for the conversation to grow only about work. That can cause conversations to go boring. And the fun, I was listening to Esther Perel, this podcast that we were listening to. And one of the things she said, I don't know if it was this podcast or another one, but anyway, she was talking about how um, when you work together, the fun part of work no longer enters the conversation. Yeah. All you're talking about is the business of work. Mm -hmm. And so then you leave. <laughs> I knew it was going to come out because I felt it trapped. Um, so then you come together and all you're doing is talking about business. So our conversation, and actually we just had this conversation not that long ago that I was like, I just kind of missed the fun of us of being coming home and being like this again is like the the cons of it there's some really beautiful things but some of the cons can include like you know I go to my nine to five he goes to his nine to five and I got some tea to tell you because you remember mm -hmm. Matthew that I told you three days ago was sleeping with Carmen well guess what he's now sleeping with Sally this happened at my job I'm for about real to say, all you did was change, change the names, the names. The yes or the but guilty. Sally got pregnant and now we're all together because we're all contracts administrators on the floor. And now we all finding out she's pregnant by him upstairs. Is that her man? Are they friends? They had some y'all had some beef in y'all. A mess. That's a fun conversation to be like, guess what happened at work today? 
this other girl was dating this other dude but he was married but told us she wasn't then the wife found out and she brought home record signs and put it on all the cars in the parking lot this yes. really happened at her job i was like this is this is wild yes that, their, their parking lot was like little tiny and the door faced out. I was like, she was bold. Oh, she was she bold. She wanted bold. to be seen. Yes. When I tell you some of the craziest stuff happened at my job, it was crazy. The tea the, was piping. Yes. Another, anyway, I got some stories from that job, but one more, one last story. <laughs> uh, this other girl was a supervisor, and she started sleeping with one of her um, uh, subordinates, so to speak, one of the guys on her team. They actually started dating, kept it hush. But then when things went south, he started like physically assaulting her. So then she had to go to HR. HR was like, we don't see nothing wrong. And then it got like low key kind of physical. But you know, one of them like, y'all should do that at home, but y'all are doing it at work. But now we're all seeing. Child, I had a lot of stuff going on. It is fun. <laughs> yeah, work tea is the best tea because it it's removed yourself. I ain't got to be stressed about it because not I'm not talking about my mama, my daddy, them. I'm not talking about my cousin. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's funner to be invested because Chad, this is just reality TV for me. Like it doesn't really affect me like that. Like I had some legit stuff, crazy stuff going on at that job. I love that job, but it was like legit crazy stuff. So I get to come home and share like the fun, so to speak of work. I don't have to talk about like, I'm so stressed cause we don't never got parts on time. I'm stressed because our parts, we sent it on time, but the quality sucked. So now they got to bring it back and the whole fleet from the last nine months got to come back to us and we got to redo it and reship. Like, I don't have to, sh- I could share that with him, but I also the fun part of work I'm able to share. Yes. When you work together, that fun stuff leaves. It's all the parts are not shipping on time. It's everything is about the work, the work of the work. It is not about the fun stuff that makes work. And so even if like, you know, as an example, we didn't do this too much, but just as an example, if, you know, uh, I won't use our example. I'll use uh, the example from the uh, podcast episode I was listening to. They worked at a gym. And she started, you know, again, the work stuff started differentiating and they weren't doing anything together. And she was like, at one time we used to come up with the uh, the, um, the the training programs. Thank together. you. The training programs together. And now we don't do that anymore. He does that. And mm-hmm. she was like, well, that was my creative outlet. Absolutely. That was the thing that I got to do. And it bonded us together. It was something that we got to do together. And uh, you, okay. Yeah. Okay. Bonded us together, got us to do together. And now that that's been taken from us, we don't have anything that we can share that is fun about this work. And now I'm looking at my wedding ring and questioning if it even matters anymore. Correct. Uh, and look. Most of the time, men don't even get good wedding rings mm-hmm. because they don't go to manly bands. Okay, I'm wearing manly band right now. You know, manly bands. My wedding ring we got my initial wedding ring we got from the PX. If you're military, you know that's the post exchange. It's kind of like basically a tiny, tiny Walmart that has a little bit of everything. Uh, and there was no options. There was no manliness. There was no coolness. Uh, and I was just sad. You know, Melissa's wing ring was amazing. Fancy cut, clarity, princess cut, all this and that. 
And I was like, dang, man, don't nobody love me? And it wasn't even Melissa's fault. It was like the jewelry stores were like, man, shut up. You buy her a ring, you shut your stupid mouth, and you get whatever freaking ring we want to give to you. If we want to get a ring made out of old soda cans, that's what you're going to doggone wear, you piece of trash. You don't get anything cool, nothing manly, no titanium, you little jerk. You need to have her ring needs to be half of your salary for the year, and your ring needs to be half of a foot, $5 foot-long salary because who freaking cares about you and your stupid wedding? It ain't even your wedding. It's her wedding, you stupid idiot. Now buy this expensive ring with diamonds, and you take, some, you take a piece of crap that you win when you put a quarter in the middle of the mall, and you either get a gumball or a wedding ring. And that's how men were treated. Until Manny Bands came around. Okay, Manny Bands was like, hey, man, you want a nice ring? And I was beaten and bruised by society. And I was like, yes, but nobody cares about me. Manny Bands was like, nah, man, we're here to rescue you from an otherwise hellish band buying experience. Manny Bands offers your hand the freedom to look how you want it. Okay? And just about every type of earthly material imaginable, and even from space. Okay? I wanted black. Okay, I got I got like a titanium alloy outside, because I'm the realist, and then I got a black interior and it's big and bulky how i like mine okay and i even got a little exercise ring when i want to go to the gym and i don't want to wear this big bulky thing and they just throw that silicone ring in get started or the manly ring sizer from manly bands to ensure that your ring will fit perfectly during work and play only knew you know your size it's time for the fun part manly bands has an insane selection of materials to choose from gold wood antler steel dinosaur bone and even the meteorites that killed them you can also choose from one of the Manly Bands curated collections like the Jack Daniels Whiskey Barrel Collection. Once you select your band, Manly Bands offers free shipping worldwide, a 30-day exchange policy, and a free warranty. Honestly, I have two Manly Bands. I have a full black one, too, uh, because sometimes when we go out to dates and I want to, or if I go to, like, an event and I want, like, a sleek uh, look as well, I have an all-black kind of, like, uh, sleek ring as well. All right? Once you select your band, Manny Bands will offer free shipping worldwide, a 30-day exchange policy, and a free warranty. While there might be a 50% chance of your marriage working out, there's a 100% chance that you're going to love your band. To order your Manny Band and get 21% off and a free silicone ring, go to mannybands.com slash love. Love. That's mannybands.com slash love. Love. For 21% off. Manny Bands, the best darn rings, period. And once you get your man a new manly band, you may have a really good night and he's going to want to take off your third love bra, <laughs> but you may not want to take it off because it is that comfortable. That's right. Third love makes some of the most comfortable uh, bras on the market and they come in a wide variety of colors, um, including true nudes, which we all know is a very personal reflection of who you are because when I stand in the nude, my nude is this color. That's right. Um, and, and someone I'd be else's there. nude color is a different color. So nude is very subjective. It is not a color. And they have that in mind when they've created their nude range and shades. In addition, they also have loungewear that is very, very comfortable, active wear, and feel good all day wear that hug better, hold stronger, and support longer. <laughs> you guys know the t-shirt bra is one of my favorites. I actually think I have one on right now um, because, again, it is comfortable. It is going to lift. It is going to separate. It is going to keep you high and lifted up as the father sits on the throne they have a fitting room quiz which allows you to find your true bra size which could be life-changing because half the times bras are uncomfortable um because we're not wearing the right size they have signature have sizes um 
Yeah, girl, they have a fit stylist, you know, that's available to text or chat to answer all of your questions. Third Love is the largest donor of undergarments in the U.S. So not only will you be doing something good for yourself, but you will be doing something good for others as well. Feeling is believing. Upgrade to everyday pieces that love your body as much as you do. Right now, you can get 20% off your first order at thirdlove.com slash lovehour. Love hour. That's 20% off thirdlove.com slash lovehour. Love hour. All right. So that's one of the like negative things about uh, like working together. Another thing that came up um, as I was listening today, and this actually extends beyond just working together. This also has to do with like conflict period, like in relationships, but very specifically if you're having conflict um, at work and if you're having conflict in your or with your spouse at work, they normally fall into like these three things. And I thought this was so Good, because if you've listened to some of our episodes and some of the things that we've talked about, you will know that these are the themes that came up. So underneath every uh, conflict that comes up, people are usually fighting over one of three things. Power and control. Yep. Trust and closeness. Yep. And the third one, recognition and respect. One, two, three. When I tell you, I was like, Oh my freaking gosh, this is so good. Again, this is work from Howard Markman, but I heard it through Esther Perel because I love her. So power and control, which you're essentially arguing about or what the underneath all the conversation is these kind of questions. Whose priorities matter more? Who gets to make the final decision? Who stays late and grinds harder? Who takes the high level meetings? Mm-hmm. This is, I don't know that we, what do you think about this? Is this a, a, a fight that we've ever, maybe whose priorities matter more? Absolutely. That's the part that uh, <clears throat> stuck out to me. We both kind of take the meetings or split the meetings off, but whose priorities matter more probably is the thing that uh, rings out for me in of this section. I think this is also a conversation, uh, an argument kind of lying underneath the surface that can also happen just in relationships, like in a marriage period, is this idea of whose priorities matter more, who gets the final word, who gets the final decision. And I think the reason why is because you're negotiating your lives together. Yes. And so the idea of someone always like sacrificing for the other person, sometimes that can feel like you're forgotten. It can make you feel invisible. It can make you feel like uh, you don't matter, like what you want doesn't matter. And so you're always giving up for the sake of your partner. Some of the... Uh, conflict can sound like uh, one of the co-founders or your partner, whatever, uh, complaining about how decisions are unilaterally, uh, unilaterally made or how their counterpart hoards information. That is one thing that I've said about you. Me? Yes, that you hoard information. Hoard? Hoard who? Hoard who? Hoard information? Yes, I definitely have said that, though. That I hoard information? Yes. I, I've never been accused of this. How many other people have said? Just everybody who worked with me. Really? Absolutely. Um, Josh knows the water never gets in the, into the row. Like yeah. <laughs> I, let me tell you what I do. Terrible, terrible habit. Information comes in. I have all types of conversations with people in my head. Mm-hmm. And then I go to the next thing. Yes. And the party who needs that information very rarely gets it. If they ask me about it, I give them enough to 
move on to the next thing I want to do, but I don't get, give them what all they need to work. Honestly, if we're completely honest, the only reason I've gotten better at this is because other people do this stuff. Mm. I don't think I ever got better at this either at all deaf or here. There's just other people who now facilitate. I remember one time I was working at all deaf and there was a, an amazing creative producer that we had super creative, mm -hmm. absolutely awful paperwork. Mm. The actual part of producing the, uh, getting people paid, uh, uh, paperwork, filing all that part almost had to fire them. Mm. And I had a conversation with John who was my producing partner. And I was like, we can either let this person go or we can accept that this is never going to be something that they're good at and see if somebody else can do that part and they can just focus on the part they're good at. And it saved that person's job and they were able to, to uh, yeah. flourish in creativity. That's almost how it works with me. Getting water to the end of the row, never. And the problem with working with your spouse is you, uh, you take a work issue, right, that happens and is a work weakness, for example, like that's one of mine, and it now affects you as business, yes. but also personally. Yes. He don't care enough about me to tell me this information. Yes. Becomes he don't care enough about me. Right. Right. Not, and I, Melissa, I told this to her a million times. I don't know if it ever landed as bad as I wanted it to be, but... I said, the things you're complaining about, you're not alone. Yeah, no, it never landed quite. No, no, it didn't. <laughs> I said, everybody who's ever worked with me complain, complain about this. The difference is they didn't also have to come home with me. Right. And they don't say, oh, he don't feel like this about me as a person. They're right. just like, he sucks at sharing information. Don't mean he don't care about me. But with us, it's always he sucks. I'll give you a quick example. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. No, no, no. Uh, we were talking about this a little bit on Patreon earlier today. I'm very particular about a lot of things, probably the most on tour about the hotels we stay in, mm -hmm. especially on this tour because we're spending so much time in them. So we were getting into it with the travel agent about the right hotels, wrong hotels, all this and that. And Melissa, she got, she leaned into me a little bit. She was like, this is your fault. It's not just that you're picky. It's that you want what you want in every scenario. And what you said as a principal cannot be done across mm -hmm. the board because you changed your mind, mm -hmm. right? When we were working together, she was handling the hotels. Actually, she wasn't handling the hotels. She was handling the person who booked the hotels, and that lady would mess up from time to time, which I now just have to accept that everybody who's in that position is going to mess up from time to time. It is just like a, if you ship clothes, mm -hmm. some of the orders are going to get mixed up mm -hmm. because of human error. It's literally, mm -hmm. I have now found, no matter who books our travel, me, travel agent, Sometimes it's going to get messed up. So I was complaining about the hotel lady and Melissa was taking it personally. Like I was complaining about her. I didn't mean, I didn't share this with you. It's not a huge surprise, but I remember on our tour, mm -hmm. the group was complaining about the travel person. And I was like, man, I'm working with them. I start to feel mm -hmm. personally responsible because I'm not double checking or whatever. So I kind of lost my train of thought, but I think you wanted to tell me. So you understood why I took it personal. So I understood I why you. you took it personal I got you. because I was like, uh, cause when you said it, I didn't get it. I'm right. like, girl, I ain't talking about you. Mm -hmm. But when you are the person who is the liaison, right. you feel personal about it. And that's another thing of like, if Melissa is just my assistant or a producer on the tour and I complain about the travel person, she's like, I ain't got no reason to think he thinks of me of this mm -hmm. thinks of thinks of thinks 
of me in this way outside of work. Mm -hmm. But when you're married, it always carries over. over. Mary, Mary, uh, Erica was talking about this with Warren. Mm -hmm. um, Right. Because she produces her. Right. And they be trying to be like, this is producer Warren, this is husband Warren. But she said, the reason it's hard is because they look the same. (laughs) So when producer Warren is getting on me about not hitting a note or being tired, I see husband Warren at home like, all right, let me get some butt. Oh, right. Not a few doesn't piss me off in the studio. So that's an issue that we often have. You were going somewhere else, but you went down the tangent. All right, I got you. Um, I think that is one of the things that makes uh, working together, especially if you're like co-founders of a company, is already like a marriage. Yeah. And then to be actually married is an added stressor that makes things very sticky. It makes certain situations very, very sticky and very, um, it, it, it adds a, le- a level of stress. The next one is uh, an employee harbors ambivalence about the company's success, threatens to leave, or takes on secret side gigs that show they're not all in. I don't think that we have to struggle with that. No. no. Um, okay, this is one, though. Colleagues argue over who is more essential, whether it's the engineer building the product or the sales and marketing whiz running the business. These discussions often boil down to who needs who more. I can do this without you, but you can't do this without me. Attitudes often pervade fights that fit into this category. Again, this is the category of power and control. Yes. And let me tell you what also made our issue more difficult uh, into this. I can do this without you. Mm -hmm. I was in this industry before Melissa. Mm -hmm. So there's a level, and this is what happened in the podcast episode we listened to as well. Um, In the episode, the woman, they used to do training manuals together, but I don't remember what stopped them. Uh, I think she took over more work or they had kids or something happened. Yeah, basically. So domestic duties, domestic duties. She took care of the house. I think they had kids. And then he also started uh, being able, really what happened was he was able to take more classes, like continuing education classes. Because she freed him up to do so. Right. And then what ends up happening is he becomes more of a subject matter expert, Mm -hmm. a SME. And therefore he doesn't want to write. uh, He, he, they don't write the programs together because she feels like she's out of her depth and he feels like he can do it faster alone. But now an issue that they share together is, is gone. So that's the same thing that we had in this is our area. I had experience in digital media at the company level for four years or three or four years before actually more than that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I mean, literally worked a job for at least three years at a company. And Melissa came from aerospace into uh, entertainment and didn't have a plan to be or a desire to be in entertainment. Uh-huh. So I come at it with a little bit, I don't want to say snobby, but a know-it-all thing, which further makes us feel like there's a wedge yes. because I'm not bringing you in up to speed and things like that. And to, to add insult to injury, I am used to people reporting to me. Mm-hmm. So I talk to pretty much everyone as if they report to me. And talking to your wife like she reports to you, for whatever reason, that doesn't go over well. Does not go It doesn't over. tend to go over well. Nah. And she doesn't report to you. And then when you go home, she's like, report to who? And now what? And what you finna do? <laughs> and who report? Who direct reports? We're Correct. on the same level on that oh. corporate chart. Correct. You Correct. know, so it was just like, man. And that's something I that I don't nothing. think you... Uh, like again, going into like working together with your partner. And listen, I want to be clear that I'm actually not even discouraging you from working with your partner. I'm just saying that these are conversations you need to have up front and be aware of because these are pitfalls that you can fall into. Yeah. Very. 
very easily, especially if you're not already in like couples therapy or couples counseling beforehand to kind of work through like your communication. Yeah. Then it makes this, oh, Chad, it makes it so much, it exacerbates it. Uh, the next one is trust and closeness. Literally, this is an example we gave on this podcast two or three weeks ago. Yes. So uh, these are the, the questions that come up on tr- in trust and closeness. Do you have my back? Are we in this together? I thought I can count on you. When trust is broken, it shatters all of our assumptions about the relationship and our value in it. I often ask co-founder, this is Esther talking. She asks her co-founders this telling question. What hurts you more? The fact that he did it or she did it in the first place or the fact that he or she did it without you. The former is a question of power, which is the fact that you did it in the first place. That's a power question. The second is uh, an issue of care and closeness, which is that you did it without telling me. Mm -hmm. Or without me, without telling me, without me, period. Yeah. These are conversations that we have often because more than um, power, which is obviously like that power one is kind of different, at least for me, because I know one of the things that matters to me is that we're, I feel like we're doing it together and I feel like you always have my back yes. in the example um, that Esther Perel gave. And we've given uh, this example as well, but the example that Esther Perel gave is that she one time was speaking at uh, this church and she's saying things that are kind of, you know, you know, borderline, let's say. And she said the people in the congregation, instead of like clapping or nodding in agreement, they turn to the pastor. Yeah. And they're looking for the pastor to be like, you can agree. Yes, I agree. And then the people are like, okay, I can agree. <laughs> Whoever is looked at as like the lead has that kind of temperature gauge for everyone else. And I've told, I've, we've actually had conversations where I'm we like, have? Where I'm like, I, I need you to back me because you don't understand that you are often the thermostat in the room. Whatever you say paints the picture for everyone. It, it paints, liter- it coats everyone in a feeling of either very good, not so good, we accept, we reject, I thought it was funny, that was cold-blooded. Whatever you're feeling, you're literally the thermostat in the room. And so being in a position of, um, uh, of that type of authority, you have to be like acutely aware of how you impact other people. And specifically, if you are working with your partner, ensuring that everyone looks at the two of you as aligned and not disjointed and because that's going to make someone feel isolated. I can't agree more. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was kind of unaware of that. Melissa would tell me that, and I'd be like, and that's also kind of going to my unaware of who I am and the cash it's I all carry. A process. It all, yeah, it all, it all kind of uh, played into how I saw myself, see my, see, I say saw myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't be realizing how I'm interpreted a lot of times. And part of being a good partner for my wife is to realize that, you know, and it, it took me being in it day in and day out. You know, I mean, I'm, I have to be honest with myself day in and day out. Some would, some would even say like a ritual. Like a ritual. 
Ritual is a multivitamin uh, company that you all know and trust. They offer everything from their multivitamins, of course, for men, for women, for children, prenatal pills, uh, multivitamins, and they also offer protein powders, which we all know can feel very intimidating and more than intimidating. Child, they could just be gross. That's what it is. <laughs> the main thing with protein powders is that they typically are gross. So what chalky Ritual has white. done, they chalky, they just don't taste good. So what Ritual has done is decided, hey, we know the importance of this. So they're going to make something that is both delicious and plant-based protein. Um, it is offered in their premium formulations for distinct life stages and unique nutrient needs, all made with the same high standard approach and commitment to traceability that Ritual is known for. And one of the things that you know you're going to sign up for. Uh, whether you're doing reps or more into dog walks, uh, essential protein powder is here to shake things up. Uh, what we like about ritual number one is easy, child. Add some water, shake it up, move about your day, go on about your business. Some of these shakes, you got to do this, add water, twist it, turn it, flip it upside down, put it in the refrigerator, <laughs> add ice, add a little bit of spinach, mix it all together, take it out. Ain't nobody got the time. We're busy. We on the go. People, that's, they said, no, we understand. We're going to give you something that's good that you're going to want to drink. And it's simple. Add water, shake and go about your business. Uh, they are clean. They are plant-based. And again, they are formulated for very specific stages of life, whether you're over 18, pregnant, postpartum, 50-plus, man, woman, child, they got you covered. So why not shake things up with Ritual to make... Uh, trying something a little, something new, a little less scary, which offers a money back guarantee if you're not 100% in love. Plus, my listeners get 10% off during your first three months. Just visit ritual.com slash love hour to add essential protein today. That's ritual.com slash love hour. Love hour. Um, okay, so some of the. Uh, conflict can look like that are rooted in this idea of care and closeness is if a colleague takes the meetings on his or her own, even though her colleague or their colleague wanted to be there. The thing about this is it does. The reason why I say this can exist outside of relationships is if you feel like you're doing anything together in a, a partnership and you feel like, oh, they just went ahead and did that without planning me. a vacation. Exactly. Very good example. Mm -hmm. that, that can start an argument before you even get to where you're going. Yes. Because you feel like you want to be, you know, we're in this together. We're doing this together. And so that can cause you to question that level of closeness. Especially um, with, I'm sorry to interrupt you. Especially if you, in your mind, we often do this. You pre got excited about the thought of doing something mm -hmm, together. Mm -hmm. Oh, it was going to be like this. And we would, you know, pick out the dinners we wanted and blah, blah, blah. And if that's something you're excited about and then your, your partner comes in and says, here's our agenda and you didn't have a part of it. Now you're like, well, dang, I ain't really have no say so in that. Right. And I was looking forward to doing it together, together. you know, and I think uh, some other partners like you, we talked about a lot relationship plays a role. Some people would love to have it all planned out mm -hmm. without, have, without having to think. But if you thought it was something you were going to do together and the other person didn't act in that way, you're going to be pissed off. Absolutely. It, 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 it's, yeah. I don't even want to say pissed because I think that's like anger is that very easy emotion. It's hurt. 
is really what it is. That's true. Yeah. It really is a sense of hurt that like we didn't have this bonding experience or this time to do something together, which is a vulnerable in and of itself to say aloud, like my feelings are hurt because I thought we have this like shared bonding experience together and you went and did it without me. And now like now you can't I'm, undo that. Yeah, you can't undo that. Yeah. And then also sometimes not only cannot can you not undo that, it's a little bit um sullied. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that event can't have as much fun because the the expectation that was failed was also missed. Right. You know what I'm saying? And you'd be like, oh, man. Right. Now we're going. Like when we went to St. Lucia, that was usually I planned the vacation out and mm-hmm. pick the hotels out and do everything. Uh, but listen, I actually sat down in the hotel, looked at the uh, stuff available and talked about what we were going to do. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to do this, this, that, and that. She wanted to do this, this, that, and the other. And we kind of got a mix of both of those things. But I think we probably had more of a vacation that we were equally happy mm-hmm. about because we we both enjoyed right. the planning process together as opposed to me doing it all or her doing it all right. or me doing it all and her not wanting to do the stuff that I did. You know, because there was a thing or two that we both wanted to do the other wasn't totally interested in. Uh, and that's kind of like a compromise anyway. So, yeah, I think uh, that's yeah. an example of outside of work. Outside of working together, how that can rear its head. 100%. I think it was such a good example. The other thing is recognizing, and this was a conversation we had to have of like, okay, when I do things, I naturally include you. Yeah. So my expectation is that you would as well. So then when you don't, that's what more why my feelings have hurt. Because it feels like I always consider you, you didn't consider me. So I saw this tweet. I sent this to Melissa yesterday. I don't know if this is true. It's just I saw it and became a discussion topic on Twitter. Apparently, Ayanla uh, got divorced. Uh, and I don't know if this is true. Allegedly, allegedly. Because every time she went, one of the reasons why, or one of the reasons she, she cited is every time she went to the grocery store, she bought the cookies she liked. And she also bought the cookies that her husband liked. Mm-hmm. And she did this for years. And one time he went to the grocery store and he only got the cookies that he liked. And she was like... I'm done. Yes. I don't know if that's true or not, but I know that sentiment happens all the time. Yes. You feel like the comments under that I thought were more telling of the story than that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I feel like, well, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I interrupt you. I just, I I feel like a lot of time it's the, it's the extra step of care. I'll give you a perfect example from our real life. Our son, Isaiah was doing not so great in school and we got on him tough and he pulled his grades up. Right. So yesterday, I called Melissa, and I'm like, hey, because I picked up Isaiah yesterday. I was like, hey, I'm going to go on my way home. I'm going to stop by and get Isaiah some ice cream to celebrate him doing good in school. And Melissa was like, we should all go. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yes. Now, older Kevin would have just immediately went to Baskin-Robbins without even including her. Zay, and it, a lot of times underneath my mind, I was basically creating memories with me and my sons that they would remember. So now I've, through therapy, I realize how I do that. And I kind of exclude Melissa, you know, from those opportunities as well. She won't do that. But even yesterday by trying not to do that, I called her mm-hmm. and she was, and I was so when she said that, I was like, Ooh, you was on your way to do it again. Mm-hmm. But by, by thinking about it. So now the next step I have to go from is this will be fun. Also, almost what would Melissa do? Mm-hmm. Not in that sense, but like, how can I include her in a way she would include in, in a similar way that I know she would include me. And that'll, that'll start to make her feel like uh, she's cared for. That's another thing I do in, uh, in our business, right? 
For example, I'm going to throw Josh under the bus here. Not really under the bus, but in the conversation. Yesterday, Josh was like, yo, it's about time for a new work laptop, mm-hmm. right? Uh, obviously, we have the money for it. And usually, I would just be like, yes or no, mm-hmm. right? More than likely, yes, I love Josh. Plus, the new laptop's fire because it has Plus, the ports on Plus, Apple finally did what we said and came back with the stuff that we need Hallelujah. when you're in production, okay? There have been too many of these stupid coffee, top, coffee shop laptops just built enough for power and headphones, okay? We need stuff. But anyway, yesterday I said, Josh, give me one second. Let me check in with Melissa. Not that I thought she was going to say no, but just she would have included me in that. Mm-hmm. It's just a quick check. Overall, it's a quick thing. But that, that little quick thing makes you realize, even if it's a small thing like a laptop, a couple grand or whatever the case is, you know, we, always, we often have to upgrade equipment. Mm-hmm. Apple, as much as I love them, them laptops, shelf life be crap. Trash. Right? Yeah. I firmly believe Apple just makes stuff to sell the accessories, the charger cords, the jacks and all that stuff. But anyway, that was something I wouldn't have done in the past before. And it's not a totally big deal, but it is a big deal because Melissa would have included me. Right. And when she would have eventually found out that I didn't include her, she'd be like, what am I including you for all this stuff? Right. And when it's your turn, you don't never think about me. It make you feel like you don't care about me, but I care about you. I ain't going to care about you no more. But I don't also want to live my life not caring about you, but you feel like you don't care about me. And it's human nature. I'm a tit for tat on you. You know, I'm a titty for a teddy. No, but it's like you, you, you're almost relearning how to interact with someone. Absolutely. Honestly, the biggest thing is you don't realize how separate your lives are when you work at your own jobs. Yes. You have your own relationships with your coworkers, subordinates. We come home and complain about our bosses, the company. When all deaf was going to get laid off, I was, I come home with her like, listen, I'm probably not going to make it. They told us we're going to, remember? I mean, yeah. now it's like, what is happening with our company? Yes. You know, and because Melissa and I are at the top of the company, all the com- stuff that they would complain about, what Josh goes and plans about to his girlfriend, that's the stuff we got to solve for. Right. Huh? <laughs> You don't be complaining? Hallelujah. I'm going to text her and see how she says. Yeah, I'll put her in the group. No, 100%. I think that the idea of consideration is um, between all of these, uh, there's one more. Actually, the last one as well. But this one is a, the, the biggest heavy hitter for me personally is this idea of ensuring that we are you know, doing it together, that idea of closeness. And so um, that is something. Another one is a collaborator feels like, uh uh-huh, okay. Yes, this is me too. A collaborator feels like his or her input isn't valued in the decision-making process. Again, if you've listened to this podcast, none of this is new. You know that I fit into this cat. I mean, just as neat as I want to be. Just fit me in, close it up, tape it, mail me off because... I fit into this so much. And that, we don't got into that. Oh, Chad, I was like, why? I'm just getting the lotion. You know that she is me and I fit into this. This is something um, that definitely comes across. I've never gotten to this point, but I know that I, I could see how I very easily could have, which is one person levels accusations that the other is selfish. And going back to everything that we've talked about, it's easy to accuse someone of being selfish if you always feel like you are not being considered. And so it, you can paint the picture that what they're doing is always going to benefit them. 
and it is for them and them alone and you haven't been considered yeah man that's crazy i miss my opportunities you missed your opportunities yeah i should have and then went to therapy to do better Oh, uh, one employee fears that he or she will be etched out, that the manager will hire someone else to replace them. One team member feels uh, that they value the relationship more while the others feel that they value the business more. Last one is recognition and respect. Woo! And these are the questions that come up here. <laughs> are my contributions being valued? Are you taking all the credit? Do I matter? I got in trouble so much on this one i was listening to this episode and i was like whoo they talking about me kevin wait before you go there no no these are uh one episode yeah sections this is the other before this is all in one episode yeah but all in one episode yeah yeah Yeah, they were all in my life yeah this recognition and respect i also want to be clear before you go personal because i don't want you to own a lot okay the other thing that i want to be clear men you often do this to women. We lay the groundwork, and I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about the generalized men and the very generalized women. Women will leave, lay the groundwork. They will pitch an idea, and you will take it. And you will run with it. And then you will slap your name across as credit. And so women are often in the room in professional environments. Hey, remember, it was Remember me. Do you remember when I had said? Yes. Malcolm Emery. But even like, oh my goodness. My sister actually gave an example where she pitched this idea And even this happens and it makes you feel, to be honest, invisible and it has you fighting to be seen and remembered because you feel like I said this. I said that we should. This example, because we just gave this, it didn't actually happen. I said we should buy a new laptop. And somehow. Sister Cucumber, no, it's never a sister, it's always a brother. Brother Cucumber (laughs) has now in the room saying we should buy a new laptop. And everyone is saying, great idea, brother Cucumber. This is, we all should buy a new laptop. I want to be clear, I'm not talking about Joshua, I'm not talking about Kevin. That did not happen in this scenario. It's just, y'all know I'm terrible at examples, huh? Yeah, I know. That's why I yeah totally made up because we just had that example, but that did not happen with this. I just want to make sure that I'm abundantly clear about that. But oftentimes in rooms, that's what happens, especially if you are uh, the only woman in the room. And if you are a black woman, oh, my goodness, you feel so like marginalized, forgotten, invisible as if. You start to think, and I know I have asked myself, what is it about me makes me unforgettable, makes me forgettable? What about me? How am I not having a, how is my presence not remembered or felt in a room that I could speak something, no one acknowledges, someone else says the exact same thing, and they get the credit for it? That's generally speaking. If that happens in your relationship, that pain point is that much deeper, richer, 
it you feel it more it's more intense because now i'm not just talking about my jerk of a male co-worker i'm also now talking about my partner and that's worse it is so much more intense what do you have to say this is a great episode I wasn't talking about you. I was thinking about me, though. No, I wasn't talking about you. I was thinking about me. Listen, I'll be honest with you guys. I don't want you to feel like you have to own all of this. But this is this one. Is okay, but I really don't I, want you to feel like you have to you. own. Okay, I, I just want to be clear. Thank you, baby. I love that. that oh, yes, yes. But of all the things to own, I do this. Is it most? Uh, Melissa often tells me something. And not only do I not listen, I, I shoo it away. Oh, no, 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 no. Josh says it. Same thing Melissa said. Hmm, maybe. By the time we get to the office, here's the idea that I thought of. People, we're going to be doing this. This is a fantastic idea. Uh, again, I do this. I, I Listen, if the shoe fits where, and this is a size 12 wide, this is me. When did you start wearing a wide? I mean, I feel like I got wide feet. But anyway, <laughs> I definitely do this. And part of growth is ownership, you know, uh, something I've been working on a lot, actually. But, uh, yeah, I just. Mm -hmm. It's one of the things. And listen, this is the other thing that you have to, to know. Again, if we're talking very specifically about, like, working with your partner, we don't work together. I don't necessarily feel this as intensely as I do because it's not something that happens repeatedly. Yeah. You know what I mean? This is something that comes up every now and again and you just chalk it up to like, okay, Chad, whatever. And you kind of move on when you're in work in, in a work environment and decisions are constantly being made and uh, conversations about where to go next are constantly on the table. It allows that um, opportunity to present, to be presented much more. And so it's going to, that pain point is going to continue to be hit. That nerve is just, that nerve is on. going to be raw and exposed and it is never going to have an opportunity to heal because there's not a lot of time. Root connect. Yes. Yes. It's exposed nerve. Uh, there, there isn't a lot of time in between, you know, scenarios for it to like start to heal and you to recover because before you know another, you know, situation has uh, arisen, Rosen. And so uh, it doesn't have that opportunity. And so, again, it intensifies because you're not just taking the stuff from work and leaving it at work and then going home and now I can clock in as wife and you can clock in as husband. We now have to deal with each other from that same pain point. And if something happens in our personal life, I now have a work environment that's only going to add to my like list of evidence that I'm going to submit to the court. This is why in some areas of our relationship, it has been better for us to separate working things. Yes. Because the closer we were working together, the more pain points oh, were being just tap danced. <laughs> It is literally, again, this, I don't want to say that, and maybe by the end of this, you're like, no, you've convinced me not to ever work with my partner. <laughs> and that's not necessarily the the point as much as it is, because we say, and the, I can say all of this now, because I feel like in the beginning, you don't really know that what you're talking about is recognition and respect. Right. In the beginning, you don't really know that you're talking about togetherness and closeness. You don't really know that you're talking about what was the first one, power and control. Those aren't necessarily the words. It comes across as um, uh, 
you you went to Chick-fil-A without me. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Why are we arguing about Chick-fil-A? Like, what are you talking about? That's normally, it comes out that way. And you don't know that underneath it all, you're really saying, like, you're doing things and it feels like I'm being left out. Like, you don't have that language. And so that's what I think is more than, like, don't go down the path of like working with your partner is more about a conversation of ensuring that you understand what you're, what you're getting yourself yes. into yes. and recognizing that typically, and I'm not going to say this is an exhaustive list. And I say that because Esther Perel didn't say that, uh, that this is an exhaustive list of like, these are what every single argument are going to come from. But I'm not going to lie. When I think about the arguments and the conversations that we've had, I can drop them into one of these three buckets. Yeah. I mean, very easily, I can drop them into those three, one of those three buckets. 1,000%. Uh, let me just say the last things on here. Uh, conflict can look like from this recognition and, and respect. One of the team leader, leaders never gives praise, only hands out criticism. Employees feel like they need the company more than the company needs them. The founder is rallying the employees based upon a mission they themselves do not demonstrate. Language of empowerment seems to be covering up exploitation. Yeah. As leaders, too, we have to be careful that we're not doing that as well. Yes. That's the other part that's really hard about this too, child, is like managing all of this and trying to like decompress all of it and then go into like wife husband mode. It's like having sex with your boss that pissed you off. Huh? Or you're like, you know, if you had if you had a boss a boss or a coworker and they pissed you off at work and then you didn't want to have sex with you and you're just like, What? You pissed me. And it's actually not a good example. Yeah, it was an HR call. Uh, anything else you want to say? Uh, this was a tough episode to listen to, uh, this episode of the podcast. Oh. Because I saw so much of myself. Mm. And most of the time I recognized in myself I was doing this kind of unaware. Mm -hmm. I think the first step in this growth process was to become aware of what you're doing and how it's impacting your wife or your spouse. And then make the necessary adjustments. And also, for me at least, realizing that those necessary adjustments are not going to happen overnight. Right. And the result, the resulting feelings aren't going to be changed overnight. It's, the, it's a lot of this. Both feelings are the result, feelings good or bad, result of a lot of decisions made over time. Uh -huh. And if you want the feeling to be a generally positive one, it's going to be changing, stopping the bad behavior, and then making most of those interactions positive. Uh, and you still will stumble and make a mistake and do all this and that. But it was like, man, this is where we were, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? And where we're working not to be. And some of these things are just, if you don't work together, you will have issues in your marriage. You might not have these issues, right. you know? So going into work together, I think we were both a little more excited and completely unaware of the, potential pain points. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was like, I used the example before we, Melissa was pregnant. We were, I was, we were excited, but we knew that having a baby was going to be like tough. Right. This, we didn't consider any of the bad parts. We, oh, we get to spend time together. I won't have to commute. We can travel together. We didn't realize all these changes were coming. It's like having a baby and not realizing that you're not going to be able to sleep. They're going to cry. They might mm -hmm. be uh, colicky, I believe it's called. You have to potty train them. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah it, it's like going into it not knowing 
any of those things right. and thinking, oh, just having a baby is great. As soon as you get them, they'll sleep all night. And you'd be like, oh, snap. Not and I don't think a lot of people, not even I think, a lot of people don't end up owning a business with their spouse. So even if you don't have kids, other parents have kids. Right. And you also were a kid. Right. So a lot of people have insight. The thing about owning a business together or working in a business together, a lot of people don't have that same experience. So there's less people to tell you what it's going to be like. So we were blissfully unaware of how tough it could be. Yeah. And it can get better. It does get better. We are better. Um so, yeah, thank you so much for your vulnerability in this. I appreciate it. I didn't know what was happening. No, put it back. Put it back. Go go the other way. Put this one out. They won't oh, is that what it is? It's in the pink. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> this is going to be. We came together like Goku and this Vegeta. Is, this is going to be. <laughs> I want to uh, see how it looked on camera. <laughs> this is about to be. It fit. Put it in again? No, this we're about to get this taken down. <laughs> it's not going to stay up. Thank you guys so much for uh, joining us today. Until the next one, bye. <laughs>